Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. The Tribeca Festival starts on June 7th through June 18th in New York City. This is Tony's 10th year in covering this famed festival. This is part of a series of specials from the past and present festivals. Let's listen. Hunting Season is another interesting short from the Tribeca Film Festival about a young woman that is approached by a unicorn for help. The film has a talented group of women behind and in front of the camera. I sat down with two of them. Hannah Levin, who you may know from The Magician, stars as Callie and wrote the screenplay. Producer is Ines Isis, and the film's director is Shannon Coley, who directed episodes of Supergirl, Shadowhunters, and The Magicians. I sat down with Hannah Levin and Ines Isis at the Roxy Hotel at the Tribeca Film Festival. So, first question is, uh, well, you both produced and you wrote. Yeah. So, um, how did the story kind of come about? Sort of many factors coming together, but my idea for the film came to me around the concept of a girl meeting a unicorn in an unexpected place. And I had the idea of a gas station, and I just thought visually and just... I guess as, as if, if something like that could happen, that would be fascinating to watch. And then the rest of the story sort of just came to me from conversations with people and imagining who this character was, and it just the rest of the pieces sort of fell into place. Sci-Fi Talk continues, so stay tuned. And, and as far as putting it together, what was that? Like, finding the right location and all Absolutely. What well, was a 100% collaborative effort. Um, Hannah reached out to me uh, after she and Shannon met on a set of a TV show called The Magicians. Had worked together, and uh, Shannon and I, the director, had worked on a number of projects before, and said, you know, I'd really love to have Ines as part of this as an all-women's team. And so uh, I said yes. I read the script, and I thought it was great. Met Hannah, and then from there it was kind of a natural process. We we all have people that we've worked with and said, you know, I'd love to work with you again. So that was what it was. I just reached out to the people that had said that, and it just seemed to all kind of flow. I mean, we did this very grassroots, um, not a lot of money. <laughs> did a big Kickstarter fundraising campaign for about a month that was horrendous. I hated it, but I mean, that's how we. Well, that's the only way we could do it otherwise, yeah. right? Yeah, and location-wise, actually, so Shannon was very busy working on the magicians, but she did Google, we were sort of all Googling remote gas stations because we wanted something where it would be okay to have a horse as our unicorn. And just the atmosphere of, it is meant to be a remote gas station in the near the woods. And Shannon found this one that was about two or so hours from Vancouver, and she kind of zoomed in on Google Maps and just like, this looks pretty remote. So I called them up, and uh, they were on reservation land, uh, native reservation land in um, British Columbia, Canada. And they were super awesome right from the beginning. And I drove out there, and it was absolutely perfect. And um, I don't think it could have got any more perfect. It was the ideal location. Yes, yeah. the horse was a little bit challenging, but uh, <laughs> the location they were just absolutely wonderful. And uh, yeah, we like you say, we couldn't have asked for a better group to work with. What's no. the cliche? Don't work with animals or children. In the, film. The, the, the animal had been working previously, had to travel, uh, you know, two and a half hours to get to the location, and because we shot over two nights, we had the, um, the horse uh, the one evening, and, you know, 
obviously it's just like a human's gonna get tired so I think it got there and it just it was tired and and it was there six seven hours I mean we we made it work we got what we needed (laughs) and in the end we were happy but uh, and the good thing Shannon also uh, raised was you know lived in in Switzerland and worked with horses and rode horses so she knew everything about how to communicate with with the animal so I think that helped I think she also had the patience and if she didn't I don't think we would have we would have struggled a lot more because it was difficult but the way that she handled and just uh, was just so calm and and lovely um, it just all worked yeah and the crew too yeah the crew were fantastic because where we are all living right now in Vancouver, every, uh, people work a lot in the industry. There's a lot oh, yeah. of production going on. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, so, you know, our crew were so highly skilled, but I was so blown away by their commitment and passion about the project because they all work full-time film jobs, so 60-hour weeks, who knows, Monday to Friday, and they came out to work with us on the weekend. At night. Friday, Saturday night, unpaid. It was all, like, everyone was working at a very reduced rate or for the love of it. And you know what? When that unicorn walked walked out onto set, I remember Brad, one of our camera operators, said to me, he's like, this is all worth it. Like, it was such a magical moment that our DP, Ellie and Shannon created with the smoke machine, everything. Everyone was like... Yeah. In awe, yeah. it was so beautiful. It actually looked magical. Absolutely, and so yeah. And we couldn't have asked for a better team. team no, and everyone's just as they've seen the Except film. Except for the mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we we were like there was a plague of mosquitoes. Like oh literally, we bought so much repellent and like those masks. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was not fun. But the team was incredible. Yeah. And they were just, they've been so passionate and supportive about the show. So that's great. So glamorous with mosquitoes. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What we have to deal with. So tell us about your character a little bit. It, it just seems like, from what I've seen, she's, you know, she's working at a gas station, maybe not where she wants to be in her life. And uh, where, where is she mentally at the beginning of it? I don't want to say Callie's fragile, but I think there's a... I think she's a strong character at heart, but I think she has low self-esteem. And we see that through her past with addiction, and and I think she's really trying to get herself on the right path. And, and, you know, she's got this job. It's not where she wants to be in the end, but it's, it's giving her something to do. She's kind of making ends meet. But she definitely dreams of something bigger, and I think... I think where she, in the moment where she feels she could, can't help the unicorn, and there are things we edited with the script, but for me that moment is Callie not believing that she could do something like that. Something yeah, in a positive way, that she could help, really help someone. I think she's really isolated herself as she works at this remote gas station late at night. She, she keeps people at arm's length that it's it's sort of a beautiful and tragic moment that she thinks she can't help this creature that has come to her for help uh, but then she is able to and, and then that is a turning point for her right and I think for the unicorn like 
they're both wounded yes. in, in the sense physically, emotionally, mentally, and hunted. Mm-hmm. And so they are kindred spirits. Yeah. And they find each other. Yes. They <laughs> Talk about your director, because I mean, she's worked on Supergirl. You mentioned The Magicians, which is a show I've covered and talked to those folks yeah. really from the beginning. Right. Um, so she's used to doing female-centric kind of stories. Yeah. Yep. So yep. what did she bring to the table? Well, firstly, Shannon was recommended to me because so I, I acted in a couple of episodes on magicians and I'd gotten to know some of the uh, props team and I was talking to them about making a unicorn horn and they said, hey, you know, have you found a director yet? And I hadn't. They said, you know, Shannon, who was in the camera team originally on... She Cannon's, hasn't she's, actually gone on to directing. No, she was about yet. to start directing for TV. Yeah. Um, but Shannon's an excellent camera operator, like has DP, DP'd as well. And yeah, this uh, friend of mine in props was like, you should totally talk to Shannon. She's incredibly talented and she loves horses. So I met with Shannon and right from the beginning, Shannon is so empathetic. And I think she's wonderful with male characters as well, but she just comes from such a, a full-hearted place. Like she has such compassion for the characters. Even at times when I was like, I don't like this about my character or that. And she was so... Um, positive about it and um, I think really understands um, complexity in characters and searches to bring that out. And is able to eloquently achieve those Mm -hmm. um, in a a non-judgmental, confrontational way. So she's, yeah, very open and approachable and in her work and in as a human. Yeah, so easy to work with and you could just tell with the camera crew, like obviously Shannon's been around them so much coming up through the camera department, which has like 10, 15, 20 people in it at any given time, that she's so... When she speaks, people listen and they they take in what she's saying in such an easy way. It's not like yelling or, you know, she's just got such a wonderful energy about her. And I see other people working with her love receiving that energy. So. There's more on hunting season, so stay tuned. It's obviously a female-centric story. How important is to tell, for both of you, to tell those kind of stories? Well, very important. I um, as as well as producing, and I also write. I um, I've written a feature film, which actually has been funded twice by Telephone Canada, which is our the government yes. division. Yes, <laughs> they've. Um, so I'm in my third draft of this script, and it's 100% female-driven action adventure. Um, and those are the stories that I write, and I feel we need to see more of them. Um, I have three girls, uh, three children, two of them are teenagers, one of them's ten, and I think it's important that they need to see more of these stories that empower them, not in a, you know, rah, rah, rah way, but that they can achieve everything that um, men can achieve. Um, That's how my dad raised me. That's how my relationship with my husband. He's very supportive. And women have the same things, the same goals, the same powers and abilities as as men do. And this isn't a, a... female against male thing, but, you know, I, I, I also worked 18 years in the finance industry before I moved into film, and when I started in my early 20s, it was very much 
the women were assistants and secretaries, and even though you were, uh, you know, went through the same accreditation and you had, you know, where you were considered, you know, a broker or licensed, you weren't given the same kind of um, appreciation or respect. And I, you know, and so th those are the stories that I write, and I gravitate to that, and I really want women to to know that they can achieve whatever they want just as much as men. I know, I think what you said, Inez, is. <laughs> really fantastic and that's um, where I live my life <laughs> yeah and you do it's true I'm in constant awe of Ines and Shannon like I just could not have asked for a better team but I think for me um, when I was at film school doing screenwriting I actually wrote a lot of male centric stories and it was funny to me my favorite shows like The Wire and Oz, which are HBO shows, were all male-dominated shows. And as I've grown older and um, certainly been acting more and seeing the dynamics on set, I, and, and especially since the female movement in film and TV has really started pushing forward, I, think, I was thinking to myself, I'm a feminist. I absolutely am. I believe women can, as you say, do everything that men can do. And where we have differences, there are differences to be valued and understood and not... Um, ignored or ashamed or one is better than the other exactly. but it's just different yeah it's same but different. exactly and difference is what makes everything interesting in the world so I I just said sort of shone the light back on myself and said well why am I not writing for women when like you know that seems strange to me but part of it too is it's like I, I think we're all a lot of people anyway and I put myself in that category learning how to do that because we don't see it or we don't grow up seeing that as much necessarily as I think a lot of stories are male driven and, and I think sometimes it's like a bit ingrained in me so I definitely with hunting season it was always going to be a story about a woman but it's something now in my work I definitely am much more passionate about in the sense of if the characters coming to me now are more women and I want to learn how to really make them strong real protagonists you know like real people and that's what I think with Callie it was important to me to have a character that was flawed and also strong in her own way um, because we all I think in a period of our lives male and female have those moments where we're insecure or doubting, maybe a little depressed, uh, right? And yeah, face a challenge, but you know, you know, if you'll get through it. Yeah, yeah. you'll get through it. Now, I have a theory about uh, writing a, a woman's role. Great example in cinematic history. So they were writing Alien, and the character of Lip Ripley was supposed to be a man. I never knew that. Yes, what? supposed to be a man. Wow. So they just wrote it that way. And then they cast, and they saw Sigourney, and they go, let's just make him a woman. Wow. And the rest is history. So it's almost like, and I'm quoting your opinion on this, just write a role, mm -hmm. even write mm -hmm. it as a man, mm -hmm. and then after you're done, you flip it, and I bet you you can make it a woman, and you really don't, you really don't lose anything no. when you do that. No, absolutely. And that's what I'm going back, it's the same but different, you know? There's no, you know, delineation between the sexes. Is because we just, you know, we're both equal in our own way, but we're different. <laughs> and, thank God. <laughs> thank God. And and both as beautiful. I love men. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I and I love women, and 
I think, you know, uh, I just love people. And I think at the end of the day, this is a human story. Yeah. Not a man or a woman, it's a human story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's so funny. I often... I really enjoy sci-fi as a genre and I have talked about Alien and Sigourney's role in that because I feel as an actor that's been in quite a few sci-fi shows, I get asked about the genre a lot and one thing I love about it is that there's really no rules. Women can be anything in sci-fi. It's not based on history, it's based on a world where you fend for yourself and you know, I, I love that about it. And um, But I didn't know that Sigourney was, uh, that that role was meant to be a male. But that makes sense. And we actually oh. talked about it last night. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. But you know, she played her as a woman and was strong. And what she She's did, add, what she, <laughs> she, what she did add was kind of being in a male-dominated yeah. crew, yeah. Yeah. where yeah. you know she had to punch back a little more than she probably wanted to yeah. to hold her own. Absolutely, so, and that comes through. And even the, the, with her subordinates, the way they treat her is very different the way they treat. Uh, you know, Captain Dallas. Right. Even though, of course, it's 1979 and yeah. a lot has changed since then. Right. So I don't think Alien today was written the same way. Ooh, right. I think she'd be even more kick-ass today. But she was one of the pioneers. She absolutely was. Yeah. Absolutely was. So, Tribeca, what's it like to be? <laughs> We oh my god, we're like, how did this, this is a dream come true, honestly, uh, this is my first time in New York, uh, I know, so, you know, just being in this city that I've always wanted to come to, I mean, I can check that off my bucket list, but to be here for the film fest, and to be in the Apollo theater last night for the camera to watch the movie Apollo, you know, I just, you know, I was like, I you grow up, and you always hear of these places, and these landmarks, and, you know, historical moments, and stuff, and you're like, oh, you know, it's it's completely beautiful. It's 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 just I feel so blessed and grateful to be here. So yeah, it's um, wonderful. Yeah, I, I really like it. It is um, like such a. I keep pinching myself that I'm here. I've I've been to New York many times, uh, and I lived in LA for quite a few years, and I've been to lots of events and things like that and a couple of film festivals but um you know and red carpets for things but to be at this festival which is i mean i've always heard of tribeca since it started i knew some australian filmmakers that had a film in the first tribeca and i remember being young in, in australia and being like that's the coolest thing ever to make a film and it gets to a festival like that that sounds unreal and I think just being at a festival like this with a film that we made and worked so hard on and put everything into against all the odds and then it's like, oh my God, we're here. Yeah. That's very, very rewarding for our whole team. Like, I feel very, very grateful. And the just seeing the infrastructure behind this festival is so inspiring. So generous, yes. very much embracing the artists from every level. And you know, you don't see that in a lot of festivals much anymore. I think no. it becomes a business and this is definitely much more embracing the authenticity of, of art. Yeah. I so. mean, last year I covered a film called Braid. It starred women, it was directed by a woman, and a man actually played like a supporting role in the film. So it was really neat to talk to him. Uh, I, it was just me and the ladies that none of the men showed up for, the, <laughs> for that. So that was really neat. Like you. Uh. Yeah, and she's, a, she's Italian, the director. And, wow. Uh, but it was, you know, I, 
because of all the crap that's been happening in Hollywood, I've been concentrating more on women directors and right. writers and things. And it started last year, and uh, when all that went down, I talked to a, a woman who created a TV show. She's a director-producer with uh, Anna Paquin, Mystery. And, you know, women can't direct mysteries, right? Right. Which is a bunch of bull. Of course. Uh, and, um, and it just kind of built from there. And then last year at Tribeca, Braid, right up there, as a matter of fact, when we did the interview. So it's really... It's neat. I want to promote that, and I think in genre entertainment, women have a lot to say that they haven't been able to say. Absolutely, absolutely. And and not that we take a responsibility, and uh, but there is a level like we are here to help shape what that future looks like. And, yeah. Um, all I want to do is just inspire. Yeah. I just want to inspire. Look for hunting season and follow them on Twitter, and their handle is underscore hunting season all one word underscore another interesting feature and it also has a, a group of women involved too women director star writer and producer really cool there's more looking ahead to new and past films of the Tribeca festival so stay tuned